0: Hello and welcome to the 22 December episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the Angolan transportation sector, renewable energy projects in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Mozambique and Portugal, infrastructure development in Cameroon, oil and gas in Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Investing Beyond Borders.
1: We start this week's episode with news that the African Development Bank is drawing up a $1 billion plan for the rehabilitation of 12 African hydroelectric plants. The plan aims to increase the capacity of these 12 plants including in addition to Angola plants in Nigeria South Africa Sudan Zambia and the Democratic Republic of Congo with work scheduled to begin in June next year the upgraded plants are expected to generate an additional 570 megawatts of capacity and expedite the energy transition. The president of the Chamber of Commerce and Industry of Angola and Norway announced Norway's intentions to invest $3 billion a year in Angola in the sectors of agriculture, renewable energy, mining, fisheries, fish farming, oil and natural gas to contribute to the country's economic growth as part of the Economic Diversification Programme. In the agriculture sector, Norway is interested in providing funding, knowledge, exchange of experiences and cooperation between companies, while it intends to support Angola in scientific research, training, exchange of experiences and know-how in the fisheries sector. Norwegian companies in the hydrocarbon sector are interested in cooperating with the country in the upstream segment to increase current levels of oil production. Regarding the mining sector, Norway can support Angola in raising the levels of exploration and production of diamonds, iron, phosphate, copper, gold, manganese and other mineral resources. In terms of renewable energies, the Norwegians can also contribute to increasing power output to produce renewable energy within the scope of the solar and wind energy programs planned by the executive. The Port of Lobito and Africa Global Logistics signed a contract for the operation of the Angolan Port Company's multipurpose terminal, a deal in which the International Logistics Company receives operating rights for 20 years upon immediate payment of $80 million to the Angolan state and commits to make investments of $100 million over the two decades of the concession. The contract provides for the rights to use and operate the terminal, the safeguarding of the jobs of the professionals assigned to the terminal, the implementation of a training plan with a view to training Angolan employees, and the insertion of national, middle, and senior managers into different areas of the concession structure. According to the government, the signing of the contract is an historic milestone that will transform the port into one of the most efficient ports in southern Africa, which is another step towards affirming the province of Bengala and all its potential for the country's development with added value for the employability of young people. Sanongal announced the opening of a public tender for the concession to operate Payanal, a shipyard for the manufacturing and integration of facilities for the oil and gas industry located in Port Wambuin, Kwanzaa Sul. The concession is part of a restructuring strategy aimed at broadening the company's activity to include repair, maintenance, ship manufacturing and other related activities. The winning bidders are expected to jointly operate the project with Sanangal. The All-American Rail Group signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the Ministry of Transport in Luanda with the aim of supporting the rail expansion plan for the north of the country, in an investment estimated at $4.5 billion. The link between Luanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo, which aims to strengthen food security in Angola, will boost agricultural expansions in the regions of Ouija, North, Bengu, Malanje and Zaire, in close synergy with the logistics platforms of Soyu, Malange, Luvu and Lombe. It will also allow for the export of oil, timber and minerals to Atlantic countries. According to the company, the All-American Rail Group is committed to Angola, with the Memorandum of Understanding being its first step towards supporting the expansion of the Angolan Rail Network, a critical issue for diversifying the economy and creating jobs. The African Development Bank has approved 696.4 million US dollars in financing for Burundi and Tanzania to proceed with phase 2 of the Joint Tanzania-Burundi-Democratic Republic of Congo Standard Gauge Railway project, which aims to build 651 kilometers of the Tanzania-Burundi railway line, a key component of the broader effort to enhance transportation and trade links in the East African region. The financing from the multilateral bank will facilitate the creation of a single electrified standard gauge railway strategically divided into three lots to efficiently manage the development process. A solar energy project is to be developed in the Democratic Republic of Congo as part of the International Solar Alliance's first pilot project under its Global Solar Facility, a financing vehicle bolstered by payment guarantees insurance and investment funds, which aims to mitigate project risks, provide technical assistance to address regulatory gaps, reduce currency risks, and resolve contractual and financial uncertainties in the solar energy sector. In collaboration with Nuru, a solar power company in the DRC, the project aims to develop and construct 15 megawatts of solar metro grid capacity across three provinces in the eastern Congo, providing electricity to around 28,000 households and businesses. The Republic of the Congo will benefit from a World Bank development financing operation of US dollars which supports the country's reforms to strengthen revenue mobilization and public financial management and improve the conditions for inclusive and sustainable growth. The operation supports two priorities the first aims to enhance fiscal sustainability and governance through modernizing tax and customs administration strengthening regulation of the oil sector improving the oversight of public finances and enhancing the efficiency of the public procurement system the second focuses on supporting economic diversification and inclusion through an improved business environment social protection for the most vulnerable populations, and improved access to electricity and essential services like health and education. Cameroon is planning to allocate 508 billion Central African francs from the state budget to roadworks in 2024. If adopted by Parliament, a budget will enable ongoing roadworks to be continued, and new roads to be built and rehabilitated, increasing the country's road network. According to the Ministry of Public Works, The projects scheduled to start in 2024 include the Lolabe-Port of Kribi-Campo Expressway and the bridge over the river Ntem, between Rio Campo in Equatorial Guinea and Campo in Cameroon. Besides the amount derived from the state budget, Cameroon was also granted a 48 billion Central African franc loan from the African Development Bank for the construction of the bridge over the river Nitem, the natural border between Cameroon and Equatorial Guinea. Linking Campo in Cameroon to Rio Campo in Equatorial Guinea, the construction of this infrastructure will on the one hand improve the service level of the transport logistics chain on the Yaoundé-Bata-Libreville corridor and on the other Contribute to the emergence of an industrial port hub in the area between the deep water port of Kribi in Cameroon and that of Bata in Equatorial Guinea. The implementation of the project, which is expected to increase the volume of trade between the two countries, is scheduled to start in December 2023 with completion in November 2028. Meanwhile, Equatorial Guinea is making a move to negotiate its accession to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. OECD. Meeting at the foreign ministry headquarters in Paris, Ambassador Carmelo novono Nika and OECD representative Marcellus Coglioni have begun talks on the possible integration of the Republic of Equatorial Guinea into the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. The OECD representative described this first meeting as fruitful and anticipates that the forthcoming negotiations between Equatorial Guinea and the OECD will be successful. Côte d'Ivoire's VTC sector is about to receive a boosting investment of over 300 million US dollars. For Yango, the Pan-African digital platform operating in Côte d'Ivoire, this investment is designed to prepare partners and customers for success while enabling partners as entrepreneurs to develop their businesses. According to the company, the investment will create jobs for the company's local transport partners and income opportunities for their drivers, ensuring affordable, safe, and convenient transport for thousands of passengers across the country. Mozambique signed a $5 billion US dollar hydro project deal with the EDF-led consortium to build the new Fonda Nakua hydropower project, to be built along the Zambezi River in the Tete province. The dam and hydropower plant will generate 1,500 megawatts of power in the first phase, providing low-cost electricity to the southern African country and helping position it as a regional exporter of clean, renewable energy. The winning consortium, led by EDF, which consists of Total Energies and Somitomo Corporation, is the majority shareholder, with a 70% stake in the venture, while Mozambique's power utility EDM and da Cahora Bassa will take the remaining 30%. According to the World Bank's climate and development report for Mozambique, recently released by the institution, Mozambique will require an investment of 37.2 billion U.S. dollars to achieve climate resilience. It also stated that inaction would have a higher cost to the country. However, the expected revenues from sales of liquefied natural gas will increase the sustainability of the country's debt and could generate significant budgetary room to shore up investments in adaptation and infrastructure resilient to climate change, even though these revenues are only expected after 2030. In addition, the International Finance Corporation recognizes the increasingly important role of the private sector in helping Mozambique face the challenges of climate change and in supporting the country's growth and transition to a low-carbon economy, adding that the Mozambican executive has shown a solid commitment to climate action. The UK's most senior representative for trade and investment in Africa, John Humphrey, led a high-level conversation with the UK strategic business group in Mozambique. The meeting supported by Absa Bank brought together high-level representatives of British companies in Mozambique such as Globalec, Vodafone, Gemfields, Arc Power, Intertech, Maragra Sugar, Canmare, Altona Minerals and Lloyd's Register and the Mozambican government to discuss, among other things, the economic acceleration package. The event allowed for the challenges and opportunities of the Mozambican market to be identified, as well as presenting solutions for more fruitful engagement between the private sector and the government. It is worth noting that trade between the two countries grew by 92 million US dollars between June 2022 and June 2023, representing an increase of around 32% compared to the previous period. Portugal is the seventh most attractive country in the world for investments in renewable energy, moving up three places from the previous ranking, according to a study by consultancy firm EY. The position achieved is in the standardized index that takes into account each country's GDP, with Portugal overtaking countries such as Spain, France, Germany and the United Kingdom. The country has risen three places compared to the 2022 ranking due to the greater ambition set out in the revision of the National Energy and Climate Plan. According to EY, Portugal has stood out not only for the ambitious goals represented in the National Energy and Climate Plan, but also for its ability to implement them, of which an excellent example is the recent record of six days in a row where generation from renewable sources exceeded the consumption need of the entire country. In Saltwain-Prince, the African Development Bank Group is extending 17.4 billion US dollars in grants to boost the national budget, and enhance public service delivery as part of the economic response to support public finance and energy sector reforms, following several external shocks. The sum will be received evenly over 2023 and 2024 under the Fiscal Sustainability and Economic Resilience Program, approved on the 1st of December, which has two goals. The first is to enhance domestic revenue, public expenditure efficiency and debt transparency. The second targets greater accountability in the energy sector, better corporate governance and the rollout of new incentives for private investment. It will also leverage synergies with ongoing bank operations in agriculture and energy. A separate complementary grant of $6.7 million to strengthen budget execution and delivery of public services under the Institutional Support Project for Customs Administration and Public Expenditure Management was also approved on the 28th of November. Over in Timor-Leste, the National Petroleum Authority, representing the Timorese state, and Italian energy company Eni, have signed a production-sharing contract for the exploration and production of oil and gas reserves in the Timor Sea in Block P, located between the Greater Sunrise Field and the Chudich Field in Timor-Leste. INPEX, Japan's largest oil and gas exploration and production company, with investments in the energy sector in several nations and regions, expressed interest in investing in the oil and gas sector in Timor-Leste during a meeting with the Prime Minister Shanana Guzmão in Tokyo, where the greater sunrise development was discussed. The Prime Minister has now invited INPEX to visit Timor-Leste to get to know the country and assess investment opportunities in the oil and gas sector.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be suspending our podcast over the festive season, and we'll be back with you on 12 January with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page where you'll find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. We wish you, your co-workers and respective families a joyous holiday season and a safe, healthy and prosperous 2024. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro and Vincent Olivier from our Lisbon office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.